good morning. Glad you're here with us today for uh, week four of our series, Collide. Uh, we're going to talk about loving what matters today. Over the last few weeks, we've uh, laid a foundation about for helping us stand firm in our faith uh, when the world attempts to convince us that it's got a better way. That there's uh, right, and they and the world tries to tempt us to adopt its value system rather than what Scripture says. And so, if you recall, or you've been with us each of those weeks, we've talked about the importance of allowing God to transform our minds uh, and then our lives. We've also learned about the importance of receiving God's truth. This is kind of the interesting thing, right? We've about receiving God's truth and holding on to it while at the same time we're giving it away, right? We're sharing it with others. So today we're going to finish with uh, what the the video talked about. We're going to finish with talking about love, uh, but specifically loving what matters most. Um, Now, there's no doubt in my mind this is a point of collision uh, with society uh, between our faith and the culture we live in. Uh, The world is constantly trying to tell you and me uh, have you noticed how the world tries to talk to us with TV or with movies or commercials? Commercials will tell you what to love, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, if you're, you'll love shampoo if you, uh, you know, with, with commercials or, you know, your car. The, the, but social media will tell you what to love. Uh, it, it, it will certainly try and tell you what to prioritize, in your life. Okay, so just before we go any further, with that said, uh, I got a question for you. What are some things that that you know people would say matter most to them? What are some things people would say? What this would matter most? Family. Family would certainly be that, right? Yeah. What else? More money. More money. That would matter. A lot of people would say more money would matter. Yeah. What? A great job. Being recognized would matter. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the right car. That red Corvette, right? You know? No, I mean, I, I, I think we'd all agree that there are times in our lives and there are moments we would say these things mat- can matter most. Right? And, and yet, sometimes we need to kind of take a step back and say, but does it really? Right? Okay. So before we go any further, I, I just want to share a story with, uh, with you guys about the cost and a, even the convenience of loving what matters most. Uh, fact is, uh, there's always a cost. When you say something matters most, there's always a cost associated with it. Time, commitment, not necessarily money, but there's a cost. And there can certainly be a convenience to prioritizing something that matters most because it may be at the expense of other things, right? Okay, so I've, uh, I've, I've learned about this. This is certainly true when it comes to the concept of love, to the act of love. And I've uh, seen this firsthand, over, well, over years, but certainly over this past month in a very unique way. Uh, as I think everybody here knows, about four weeks ago, I had hip surgery. And uh, I'm standing up here today pretty mobile, you know. Uh, but, 
but while I'm incredibly thankful for uh, no longer having the arthritic pain and you know being able to have the surgery uh, for several weeks, that really put me on the sidelines for uh, being able to do a lot of things. Uh, and while I'm much better, there's still some things that are not really very easy for me to do. Uh, and, and I really can't safely do a few things yet. And during that period of time, those tasks, that extra work, has fallen to my wife. And because she loves me, thank goodness, she has been willing she has been willing to be inconvenienced a number of times throughout each day in order to pick up the slack to cover things I can't do while at the same time she's continuing to do all the things she normally does, whether it's both here at South Oaks or at our home. Now look, I think most of us realize there, there are probably a lot of folks that if you said, hey, I need some help, they might be willing to be inconvenienced to help you like for an afternoon or even maybe for a day or two. But this has gone on for weeks. No, do, do you see the difference? You know, you know, this has gone on for weeks and we've still got a few weeks to go. Okay? And, and let's be honest. I know it's a lot. And I know it can get tiring. But see, what I recognize and I'm blessed by is, but she never complains about it. And she's told me a number of times that she's willing to do it because she doesn't want me to hurt myself, to injure myself, or delay my healing. It also means we've spent probably even a little bit more time together than normal because of all the things that she's had to do. And you know... Part of what that's done is it's just been time I've really enjoyed getting to be with her. So, but here's the point. Her saying yes to prioritize me, to help me, has meant that she's had to say no to some other things. Some other things that it might have probably would have been way more fun, okay, uh, certainly more restful. But her willingness, her decision to help me has meant a lot to me. It's demonstrated one more time how much she loves me and is willing to prioritize me over other options. And then for me, that's something I'll never forget. Similar way, the Bible talks about the importance of choices that face each of us in our lives. In, in, in our willingness to choose to spend time regularly and daily with God. Because it is a choice. It is a choice. It's a, it's a decision that we have to make time for. And usually for us to make time when we want to spend time with God in his word and prayer. It means we've said no to something else. We've said no. It could be we've said no to watching TV. It could be we've said no to uh, going out uh, and taking a run or going, you know, sports. Or it could be whatever it is. There's a choice. There's always an alternative. There's always something else you could have been doing. And trust me, 
Anytime you make a choice, you make a decision that you want to prioritize God, the enemy will try to give you lots of ideas at that very moment about other things that you need to do. If it's summertime, he'll remind you, you really need to go cut the grass. You know, if it's wintertime, he'll say you haven't shoveled the drive yet. If it's, if it's mealtime, he'll remind you that you're hungry and you really ought to go eat, and then you could do this later. But then later, he'll remind you you need to do laundry, you need to vacuum. You, do you see what I mean? If you make this choice, the enemy will do his best to always give you an alternative that seems more necessary, more pressing, more important at the moment than doing that because the enemy does not want you to spend time with God. So, it's a choice. Always at the expense of something else. So, we do this because we love him. And by doing this, we prioritize. We show God we love him and we prioritize him over these other things. But like my time with my wife, you get to know God even better. I get to know her even better because of the time. I want us to read a scripture for today. It's in 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17. 1 John uh, 2, verses 15 to 17. Um, and it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Some of the translations will use uh, the word, uh, the, the word they use for desire is to crave. Okay, to crave. Uh, as in the context that we're tempted to crave the, the things of the world. Okay, so... How do people crave the things of the world? I mean, what, what does that mean? How do you actually do that? Yeah, Cindy. Well, for me, it's craving when I think to say that, I think of how we crave people. Yeah, yeah. And, and so how does that, that's a great example, actually, okay? Because like, then how does that make you feel? Like when you craved that, to willing, to, willing to put other things aside, for that, okay? What are some other things people can crave? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really making, it's talking about, a, it's a prioritization, isn't it? When you're craving something, if whether it was, if it's food or if it's something else, you're saying, I'm going to do this at the expense of other things. I crave it so much. I desire it so much. The, the, that original word in the Greek that's used there actually translates a passionate longing or lust. So, I mean, it's very intense. The challenge for each of us comes when we want so many things from this world, of this world, that there's no time left to spend with God. Right? We can fill our day with, with these other things, these, these desires, these cravings, that, that there's just no time for God. So as a result, if we're going to look at this collision point today about loving what matters most, then what we really need to ask ourselves is, in spite of all these other things, 
how do I prioritize and how do I make time for, to spend time with God, for the kingdom of God? Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to, it's really pretty simple. We've got to choose to love God more than we love the world. That's a choice. And it's one that we just have to make, and we have to make it ahead of time. Because at the moment, the enemy will be really good at helping you decide, no, I really do need to cut the grass right now. No, I really do need to go pick up this or put this away or do this chore. Because he'll always make it seem more critical at the moment than that time with God. We've already highlighted different worldly desires through the series. But today, John has focused us in on these desires or cravings that have to do with the flesh, with our feelings, with our feelings, okay? Now, how we feel, things we see, uh, as well as allowing ourselves to become so proud, okay, so feeling so accomplished in yourself that we actually don't think we need God. We think we got it handled on our own. Uh, I think we would all agree, pretty sure we would, uh, that a desire for physical intimacy and connection is not wrong. But it can be wrong when we look to fulfill these desires in the wrong ways. Okay? Ways that are in conflict with God's word, the Bible. John also wrote about a craving for everything we see around us. That can certainly refer to people, but it can also refer to things. Um, I don't know about any of you, but every time I go to Costco... You know, they give you that big basket, <laughs> that big shopping cart. Not about you, but I can find more stuff that I am certain that I need. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just am confident that I need it, you know. Fortunately, uh, I, I have a conscience with me <laughs> that helps me, helps me realize <laughs> There are many of these things I, I, I don't need, okay? And so, you know, we usually manage to fill the basket up anyway, but hopefully with things we actually need, but very few of those, you know, those, those other things, okay? But, you know, I mean, the truth of it is, they can look so good at the moment. I mean, have you ever, not, have you ever been shopping and just so many things look good? And you just have to realize, but I really don't need them, Okay? So you just have to walk on by. Okay, the, the truth is a lot of things in this world look very desirable. Could we agree with that? A lot of things in this world look very desirable. They, and, and, and at the moment, they can even feel necessary at first glance. But once, if we can take a beat, you know, step back, take a breath, take a beat, what we'll start to find out and we'll realize is if we bought them, they would just be one more in a long line of things that have, will fail to satisfy that we've acquired. Some people feel this way about fame. You ever known anybody who really wanted to be famous? I mean, I mean, any of us might for a moment go, that could be kind of cool to be, to be famous, right? That, that acknowledgement of the world, okay, that attention. But... You know, everybody wants to know, I want to be where everybody knows your name, you know, kind of thing. But if we think about it for a moment, you know, there are a lot of famous people I've heard that once they become famous, they actually kind of don't like it 
or at least they don't like the part because you think about it, if you're famous and you just want to take your kids out for a burger, I mean, you got people all over you. You got photographers. You, you know, you, you, you don't have any privacy. And so I've, I've heard famous people say, you know, that's what I don't like about this. It's the price I pay, but I don't like that. Well, I wouldn't like that either. I like being able to go quietly and have a dinner somewhere, you know? Look, here's the thing about all these, these different angles that we've talked about. Truth is, God knows that once we get stuff, like if it was fame or status or popularity or wealth or or, or that special, that car that, you know, you're craving or desiring or that special outfit. He knows that those things will ultimately never satisfy us or fulfill us. But here's actually the good news. Those things were never created to do that. They're just doing what they do. They're, they're not created to give you satisfaction or fulfillment. There, in fact, there was only one thing that was ever designed to give you and me true satisfaction, true fulfillment, true peace. And that is a, when we desire, when we, when we prioritize a deep, abiding intimacy and connection with God. When we seek the love of God. When we accept the love of God into our lives. And so today... God is inviting you and me to evaluate our priorities, to, to, to change them if necessary, uh, but to put our focus on him and start to move towards a better life. Uh, decide to, you know, to love something better than the things of the world, something that's more fulfilling than the world. And that just comes when we choose to love him. So that's the first thing is if we want to prioritize, we just have to decide, I'm going to love the things of God more than the things of the world. Second thing is we want to seek God's favor. We want to seek God's favor. Now, how do you seek someone's favor? If you wanted to seek someone's favor, what would that mean? What would you do? Spend time with them. Get their approval. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you would spend time with them, right? That's how you would get their approval. You, you, if, if, I, if you want to seek someone's favor, it's going to be hard to get the favor from someone you don't know. I mean, you could say, I'm at my job. I would like to seek the favor of my boss. Well, if you don't ever talk to your boss, if you don't know your boss, if you don't spend any time with your boss, it's hard for you then to... Right? To, to receive his favor. So, I mean, it's, it's all a matter of, 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 of time and investment and prioritization. I think most of us would agree that we would most likely uh, seek the favor also of someone who cares for us. Right? Does that make sense? Because obviously, if I have their favor, and that means they might help it's going to be better if it's from someone who actually cares about me and loves me and okay so someone who cares for us someone who wants to help us and someone who wants the best for us that also sounds like like i just said someone who we would want to spend time with and we would want to get to know as well
And one of the great promises that you and I can enjoy from God's word is in James 4, chapter 8. Uh, scripture says that if we will come near to God, he will come near to you. So if we're wanting to seek the favor of someone, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be hard if you're trying to seek the favor of someone and they want nothing to do with you? Okay, well, aren't you glad to know that when we seek God, God, God never says, no, not now. God never says, well, if you, if you act better next week, try again. I mean, you know, if, I mean, it's just a promise. If we draw near to God, if we prioritize, turn our attention to God, God will come near us. Additionally, God promises, and I really like this, God promises not to play games with us. The world will play games with you. God never plays games with us by telling us one thing but doing something else. Jeremiah 29.13 tells us that. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek God, you will find him. God will not say, I'm over here, but then run over there. You know? God will never say, well, just do one more good thing, and then I'll... He, he doesn't play games with us. When we seek him, we find him. And when we seek him, we, he promises us he'll come near us and we will find him. The problem is when we put our trust in the things of the world, they ultimately always disappoint us. That, that new TV is just never as much fun after about making the third payment. You know what I mean? That, that, that thing that you just were sure you needed. I mean, who doesn't like a new car? Whether it's used and you bought it, you know what I mean, but new to you, right? Who doesn't like a new car? That's fun, right? But, but they're really fun until you have to start making payments. <laughs> and, then, and then it's not as fun, right? And I mean, there's just, there's just nothing that, that you can do that's going to satisfy the way a relationship with God is. It just is simply not going to do that. And 1 John 2, verse 17, that we read earlier, just remind us that one more time. It says, the world and its desires. So my desires for that car, that new toy, that new thing, that new TV, that whatever it is, the world and its desires for that are going to pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's the one thing that lasts forever. The problem of loving the things of the world is not only will they not last, but even in, in every other kind of relationship, if you think about the world, it's all conditional. It's all conditional. Conditional love basically means that you're showing love or receiving love only if you've earned it, right? If you measure up, then, then you can have it. You have to deserve it. And as soon as you do something the other person doesn't like, what do they do? They withhold that love from you. Let's just be clear on one thing. Conditional love is not love. It's manipulation. 
That's what conditional love is. It's manipulation. Okay? Thankfully, God's love for us is unconditional, and Scripture confirms it in Romans 3.23. It says for all, I mean, just think about this. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody fell short. Nobody deserved it. Okay? But in spite of this being true, God chose to show you and me love and mercy because we were his children and he created us. And so in Romans 5.8, gives us what he did. It says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we did not love him, Christ died for us. God chose to love you and me before we loved him. And he didn't say, I'm doing this only as long as you behave. He did it while we didn't know him. We didn't like him. We weren't behaving. Do you see what I mean? We were living however we lived. He did not do it conditionally. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and me as a payment for our sins. When we didn't deserve it, we hadn't even asked for it. Some of us didn't even know we needed it at the time. God chose to love us before we loved him. The question for you and me today, the only thing is, will we prioritize seeking God and loving him back, returning that love that he's already made available and poured out on us? That's the second thing. Finally, if we're going to truly love what matters, then it's a simple choice. We want to decide to live for Jesus. We, we want to make that a priority. We said, that, no, that's where I want to put the focus of my life. That's where I want to put my, my effort, my prioritization. And here's the truth. It's a daily decision. It's a daily decision. Look, I, you know, I think any of us can be tempted to think, well, you know, I, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've prayed a prayer and I've asked Jesus to come into my heart and, you know, and, and be my savior. Yeah, and yes, that's something we all need to do at some point. But, but once we've done that, the enemy now has put a target on your back because he doesn't want you to live that way. And so every day we still have to decide, today I'm going to make time to read God's word. Today I'm going to make some time to pray. Today I'm going to make time to spend time with God. Today I'm going to take some time to listen to God and see what he puts on my heart to do. Truth is, the decision to prioritize and follow Jesus with all of our lives is a decision that you and I will have to make every day of our lives, and that's because every day, every day, you and I will be confronted with all kinds of opportunities and temptations to take our focus off of Jesus and put it back on jobs, sports, TVs, People, you know, on all these other things that can look so good. But, but there are also those things that will one day be swept away. Okay, so I got one last question for you. If we said, well, I don't want that, to, I mean, would, would we all agree, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live that way. I want to keep my focus on Jesus. Is that fair? Okay, so if we would all agree with that, then here's my question. What are some things that you and I can decide to do right now, you know, like starting today, if we haven't done them, that would help us, that would support that choice? 
would help support our choice to we want to prioritize and follow Jesus? What are just some practical things we can do? Yeah, what else can we do? Read the Bible. We can decide, I'm going to, no matter what it takes in my schedule, right? I'm going to figure out some time every day when I'm going to read the Bible. What else can we do? Pray. I can decide, you know what? Every time, every day, I'm going to, I'm going to carve out. It may be five minutes. It may be a half an hour. It, it's the time. It, but I'm going to carve out some time, and I'm going to say, God, I'm going to set this time aside. Anything else? What else can we do? Yeah. I'm going to take some, yeah, that's wonderful. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to start making sure that when, when I see God's hand at work in my life, I'm going to say thank you. Yes. I'm, going to, I'm going to actually recognize it, acknowledge it, and say, Lord, thank you for that. You know? I mean, I think if we would do that, we would probably find God is blessing us more times in the day than we ever give him credit for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Because we just don't, we, we kind of lose track of it as the day goes on. Something else. Yeah, I, I'm going to, every, every day, right? Look, every time you and I are faced with a choice or a decision, don't we really have, I mean, can't you take just that moment and go, okay, I can either decide this or I can decide this, right? I can, I can lean this way, I can lean that way, okay? And I'm not talking about, am I going to, steal this or not. I'm not talking about these. I'm, I'm talking about the decisions of every day. You know what I mean? Am I going to let this situation make me angry or am I going to control my temper? That's more of the kind of, that. those are real decisions we make every day, right? This person just spoke to me kind of unkindly. Am I going to let that get to me or am I just going to still respond in love? Okay, I'm kind of talking about that kind of stuff. It can be big stuff, but we face a lot of this every day, okay? And, and what we can do then is every time we have that decision to make, part of what we, we get to decide is, is if I make this decision, is that going to line up with what God's word says? Is that, can, can, I, can I go, yay, I, I made a decision in alignment with God's word, or am I going to just kind of go with my feelings, my emotions sometimes? And make the bad make the bad call, okay. So, here's the thing. That's a decision to make time to thank God and to recognize that is a decision that we need to make in advance. We need to think about it in advance and say, you know what? I want I, I want to live this way, and I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to do my best to to measure my decisions, to weigh them. For that split second, is this going to line up with God's word or not? Because if we'll decide in advance to make Jesus a priority and to live for him, even when it's inconvenient to prioritize him, and even when doing so collides with the culture around us, we will be blessed. Because now we will be prioritizing him and we will be experiencing that kind of relationship that will endure and will bring us peace. But it's going to be tough because Deuteronomy 31.6 just encourages us. It says, be strong and courageous. And it says be strong and courageous because you're going to need to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. The, them there is the enemy. 
Okay, and the them for you and me is all that stuff you see at Costco. It's all those that mean checkout person who says something. It's that it's that those moments. Do not be terrified, afraid of these moments when you have to make a choice whether you're going to live in a way that honors God, that's going to prioritize and show that you belong to Him. And it says, don't be don't be afraid or terrified because of those things. For the Lord your God goes with you. He goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. When we call out to God, he will draw near, and he will respond, and he will give you the strength that you need to live for him. Let's get ready to close. Would you guys stand? Two thousand years ago, God sent his son Jesus to the earth. In doing so, he put him on a collision course with the world, with its culture, with its wars, its hatred, its selfishness, its greed. The thing was, God loved the human race that he had created, and he loved it too much to leave it in such a helpless mess. So God presented every one of us with an option. Stick with the world with the full knowledge that it will look shiny, it'll look good, but it'll never satisfy. And one day, it'll all be swept away. Or choose Jesus and his promise of a full, abundant life and eternity with him in heaven. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. So now the choice is yours and it's mine. When you find that the world's values are colliding with those kingdom values in your life, you have to decide, what are you going to do? You're going to go with the world or make the decision to prioritize and go with the kingdom of God? Everyone just bow your heads. No one looking around. But today, if you're ready to make that decision, if you're ready, you say, you know what? I get this. I want to become, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to love Jesus. I want to love him more than the world. Raise your hand. That's you. Amen. God, today, you have seen our hands. Lord, even more importantly, you have seen our hearts. God, today, we want to be people, Lord, who, who Lord, who we live in the world and we work in the world, and we have neighbors in the world, and we have family in the world, but Lord, our heart, our hope is going to be in you. And Lord, what we want is not for our lives to be shaped and formed by the world, but Lord, we want you and your word flowing through us and changing the world around us. God, we want you to use us. So Father, we thank you we choose to prioritize you and, your, and the things of your kingdom. In Jesus' precious and holy name.
Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen.